I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I talk often about what goes into the preparation of this program. Uh, sometimes in the evening, uh, producer Amy and I will go back and forth, send in text messages or emails suggesting stories to one another as the day's winding down. Since we're news junkies, we also uh, comb through the stories of the day uh, in our leisure time. And she sent me a note last night, and there was a link uh, to a KSL television story anchored by Heather Simonson, where the headline is this, Dangerous Surgical Smoke Investigation Leads to new Utah bill. There are two things that fascinated me there. One, the phrase surgical smoke. What the heck is that? And then that the investigation led to a new Utah bill. I love so much when work that's done here in this newsroom and really in any newsrooms, you know, speaking for journalists and broadcasters uh, at large, when something that we're able to bring to the attention of either the public or the lawmakers, when that leads to action, that's a really cool thing. And it's a, it's a unique thing and it's a rare thing. And when you get to experience it and be part of it, it's very special. So uh, as I introduce my guest here, Heather Simon, so let me start out by saying congratulations to you. Uh, you did not only a good story here, uh, but you've brought about change. That's how you go above and beyond and uh, that's exemplified here in this story uh, of yours. Thank you so much, Lee, for having me. It's such a pleasure. Let me start off by asking you, what the heck is surgical smoke? Surgical smoke is generated in operating rooms. Okay. Um, so there are many procedures um, like cauterization where they're controlling bleeding, um, C-sections, where they use what's called a Bovi pencil. And that emits smoke, the same cancer-causing smoke as cigarettes. Um, and it can also contain... Well, the carcinogenic levels are similar. We, right. We, burning flesh doesn't give off nicotine vapor, correct? Right, exactly. <laughs> sure. it's, but it's the same um, hazard sure. that, that, that you get um, from smoking cigarettes, basically. And it can also carry um, dangerous bacteria like HPV, the human papilloma virus. Sure. And um, there's actually a couple of case studies where two surgeons got throat cancer and they link it directly back to surgical smoke and the nurses are actually the ones who um, get the brunt of it because they're in the OR you know eight ten hours a day surgeons are in and out it's the nurses who are in there who are really breathing that smoke day in day out years on end in your report on KSL television you talked about the known risks let me play a, a clip from your report here a nurse in Denver started a national movement for change. Sometimes our surgeons are only in there for a part of the time, one or two days a week, but our nurses are in there every day, eight to ten hours a day. A study confirms the risk, finding three out of four nurses have at least one symptom from surgical smoke. It is scary. Surgical smoke also carries bloodborne particles, bacteria and viruses, even the human papillomavirus or HPV, which could cause significant risks throat cancer, um, nasopharyngeal cancers. It's fascinating. 
What's the landscape like here in the state of Utah? Well, we called all 46 hospitals here in Utah, and we were surprised to find that only one, Shriners Hospitals for Children, Salt Lake City, was 100% smoke-free. You touched on that here in your story. Let me share that uh, segment from your broadcast. These masks don't even begin to protect us. That's backed up by an industry report, and patients are exposed to it, too. I would have irritated eyes and just that underlying cough sometimes that you didn't know where it was. The report shows a lack of knowledge of hazards and a lack of compliance with surgical smoke. Everyone in the operating room is breathing this smoke continuously. Rhode Island is the first state to pass legislation requiring hospitals and surgery centers to use evacuation systems. But progress in Utah has been slow. We looked at all 46 hospitals here. Our research shows that only one, Shriners Hospitals for Children, Salt Lake City, is 100% smoke-free in the OR, earning the gold level standard of the Association of Perioperative Nurses. Now, this is all well and good. Thank you for the information. Thanks for bringing it to our attention. Thank you for letting us all know that... There uh, is a danger being faced by nurses and medical professionals in the operating rooms of Utah's hospital nearly statewide, with only one exception. And that would be great. If that's where this story stopped, uh, you know, Gold Star, Heather, well done, good report. Let's see what you got coming tomorrow. But that's not where this story ends. You heard reference in that snippet there to a piece of legislation out in Rhode Island, was it? Mm -hmm. Well, what's going on here in Utah now? Senate Bill 105. I was so excited to hear about this. After our story aired, nurses organized. And many of them were aware of the problem. And they'd been aware of the problem for a long time. But they, a lot of them didn't feel empowered um, to complain. I mean, there's a certain food chain in the ORs and hospitals. Some nurses, you know, who are really depending on their job for their livelihood. It is a very hierarchical uh, setting. I exactly. recently had a baby. We were in and out of the hospital all mm-hmm. the time. And you very quickly, just even as a patient, uh, come to realize that there uh, is a pecking order. There are bosses. There are underlings. And that relationship is, uh, there, it, it's a serious one. Exactly. Exactly. And so now nurses are feeling empowered to complain and to say, hey, I'm breathing this stuff. Our patients are breathing this stuff. We should not be. This is crazy. We wouldn't recommend it to our patients. And yet here we are breathing it day in, day out. And so the Senate Bill 105 would require hospitals and operating centers to safely and immediately evacuate the smoke. Now, how they do that is up to them. They would just have to do it and and meet a certain standard, um, which is really exciting to see. Um, and we're also seeing that it's, you know, it's started this vital conversation um, where doctors are asking questions. Hospitals are doing pilot studies to weigh the cost versus the advantages and see how effective different methods are to where it could become the gold standard. You, you talked about uh, removing the smoke in your report. And one such method involves a, a pen of sorts. I'll play the audio from your report here. The technology to remove surgical smoke safely has gotten better and more user friendly. They can pull it forward. Which Look at the same procedure forward, using the new electrocautery pencils that have a tube attached that suction the smoke away safely and immediately. So why aren't all hospitals using the new technology? We're also accustomed to doing surgery in a certain way that we don't think of some of the perils involved. Dr. Kristen Carroll says the pencil feels different and many surgeons are reluctant to change. When I work in a hospital without the smoke being taken off by the the special equipment, you really notice a difference. 
And your work here has brought about this SB 105. How do things look for the legislation? It looks really promising. I mean, basically a punt for now. It's gone to interim study. So they want to look at it under the microscope over the summer and bring it back next year. Um, But the bill's sponsor is confident it will get a closer look this year. But, you know, nurses showed up to testify in their scrubs. It was a great visual. The room was packed. Um, They were impassioned, uh, you know, saying, hey, we, we are mothers and fathers working in the OR and we're exposing ourselves to these dangers every single day. And where would this be tolerated? elsewhere in utah um we need to feel safe and stay healthy so we can do our jobs and so our patients can say stay safe patients are exposed to it too and if if you have a a lung problem or asthma and you've woken up from surgery and it, it if they use some of these tools and there was smoke you might experience some breathing problems or headache and you wouldn't you wouldn't even know what it was from Sure. Uh, This last question uh, I want to ask of you, it's it's a a personal one, uh, but ties back into this issue here. You and I, we work in a business where we come in each day, we're assigned a story, uh, we dig into that story, we report and share, I throw some opinion in there. Uh, But then at the end of the day, we we go home and for the most part, uh, we start the next day with a blank slate. You, though, because of your efforts, have kicked off something much larger than that. Uh, There's a piece of legislation that, if enacted, uh, could literally save lives. How does that make you feel? Incredible. It's so rewarding. And I actually stumbled across it uh, accidentally just through social media. And I said, surgical smoke bill, what? And I started making calls and I I called the nurses who were organizing it. And I I said, did my story help? And they said, yeah, from your mouth to God's ears, (laughs) basically what they said. (laughs) And that it started this movement that's getting so much traction. And, um, you know, this is why we do what we do. This is why I do what I do. It's more rewarding than any award I could get in journalism to know that we're potentially saving lives. Yeah. I mean, we'll take the awards too. That's all really good. <laughs> no, yeah, of course we yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> Heather Simonson, uh, KSL television reporter <laughs> bringing us this story uh, which turned into a story of its own. Not just that, but a piece of legislation. We're going to follow this. Uh, we're going to stay in touch with you as, uh, as the summer proceeds. They do their studies and we'll see what happens next legislative session. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for your work and thanks for looking out for the community. Thanks so much for having me. I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you so much. That's very kind of you. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here. Before we go, let me invite you to download the KSL News Radio app. You can see here into the studio. You can keep up on all the news uh, that we cover here. The expert reporters do a fine job. They do excellent write-ups. You can read them all there again at the KSL News Radio app powered by Any Hour Services. One more segment to go. We're going to talk again about the coronavirus. This time, does it have the power to cancel the Olympics. 149 days away. We'll talk about it next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.